Um, hi everyone, it's been a while since I've spoken, so it's um, nice to be up here and it's really, really nice to see everyone's faces. I've really missed you all in lockdown, so it's been good to be back, hasn't it? Um, you will need to make some noise because I can't actually, it's bright, I can't see your faces and I can't see anything apart from your eyes, so you might need to nod occasionally or wave or clap or smile or thank you, just so that I don't feel completely on my own. So, if you don't know me, my name is Jenny, um, married to Chris. We've got four young children. They're all um, aged between one and seven. So for us, Christmas started about four months ago. We are on our 6,000th version or rendition of It Was On A Starry Night, even though there are no Christmas assemblies because of COVID. And we are, have eaten far more mince pies than we are going to admit to. So we are excited about Christmas. And I am really, really excited to be kicking off our Christmas series looking at Jesus being the light of the world. But I realised, for lots of us, we probably haven't looked at the story of the birth of Jesus for a year. So I'm going to ask you all to help me recap that. Now, you don't need to do anything. Well, you do, but you don't need to leave your chairs. I'm going to have to steal the mic back from Anna. Thank you. We are not going to do the full story because we're going to save the shepherds and the wise men, all those for Sai next week. But I'm going to ask you to help me. You need to think very carefully because we're going to look at the birth of Jesus. But we're going to look going back to include uh, somebody very special called Zechariah and Elizabeth. So we're going to start. I'm going to give you the first line. I've got some props. I'm going to have to embarrass myself because of COVID. I can't embarrass other people and get you to laugh at them. So we're going to tell the story. So I'm going to start. I'm going to get Paul to tell the next bit of the story, and I'm going to work my way around. So once upon a time, he has to think, look, <laughs> there was a man called Zechariah. He was a priest, and he was married to a lady called Elizabeth. They were old, and they couldn't have children. Oh, yeah, thank you, Sai. You can be my runner. I'm going to... Oh, yeah, shall I stand up here? And then everyone on the live stream can see me be... Make her full of myself. One day, Zechariah was in the oh, temple when... Oh, right. Can he remember? That was the angel came. There was an angel. In full traditional angel attire. This is what the angels wore in the days of Jesus, everybody. Fantastic. Yep. Okay, there was an angel. What did the angel say? Fear not. Fear not. <laughs> Thank you. Sorry, they're waving at me. Hi, live stream. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, Paul. Fear not. Fear not, yeah. And what did he say? You are going to... Oh, sorry, this is, hot. this is mean, isn't it? Because it only appears in one of them. He says, the angel says, you're going to have a child. He tells him you're going to call him... Jesus. Not Jesus. Emmanuel. John. Zechariah. John. Oh, sorry, John. Zechariah is this divine angel, and he says, you're going to have a baby, and you're going to call him... John. John, thank you. Do you want to pass it around? Put your hand up if you know the next bit of the story. Zechariah is not sure. He says, my wife is really old. What? I'm don't think we can have a baby. So what happens? He says, because you didn't believe me, you're going to... The angel said to him, because you didn't believe me, you will not be able to speak until the child is named. Fantastic. So he goes home. He has to write everything down for his wife, Elizabeth, which must be really irritating. Can you imagine? What do you want for dinner tonight, dear? <sighs> right, so the baby, uh, or Elizabeth... 
Here we go. I didn't want to get pregnant for this, so we... <laughs> Elizabeth has a baby. The baby is... You can pass it around. Here, what happens? Elizabeth is pregnant. Then there is another man called... Or another lady called Mary. One day... She receives a visit from an angel too. Fantastic. What does she say? He say, sorry... Oh, what does he say? Fear not. He does. <laughs> what then does he say? You're going to have a baby. Yes. So we've got pregnant Elizabeth, <laughs> pregnant Mary. They visit each other. And what happens? Yeah, we'll sit with Pauline. What happens when Mary visits Elizabeth? What happens? Oh, the baby in her womb jumps. He does. He jumps. Fantastic. Then, one day, there is a uh, man called Joseph who is betrothed to Mary. He is really confused because Mary, who he's supposed to marry, says, I'm having a baby. And he thinks, goodness, this is not my baby. We're not married. So he decides he's going to divorce her. But one day, one night, yeah. An angel comes to him Fantastic. and speaks to him and tells him to go ahead and not to stop being engaged to Mary. Thank you so much. Then he decides to stay with Mary. One day, <laughs> there is a census. Everybody has to go back to their hometowns. So Joseph, along with Mary, decides to travel too. Do you want to ask maybe Anne, where do they go? They travel to Bethlehem. Fantastic. Doesn't tell us how they travel, but everybody seems to think it's probably on a donkey. donkey. Great. Let's see what else we can do. So, what happens when they get there, Anne? Well, she was desperately tired. She was. But they couldn't find anywhere to go. She was very the pregnant. Ends, ends were all full up. Fantastic. So, what happened? So they, let, so they had to have the baby in a stable. With the animals. And then Jesus is born. Oh dear, I didn't think this through. Here we go. <laughs> and they lay him in a manger. Fantastic. Can we have a round of applause for all our amazing helpers? <laughs> we are going to stop there because that's my point this morning that Jesus was born. Oh, Jesus came into the world to be the light of the world for us to take away all of our darkness and bring hope into all of our lives. So Zechariah, the man we looked at first, says about Jesus that he will come to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and will guide our feet in the way of peace. Jesus himself said in John 8 verse 12, which is the verse we're going to keep coming back to this morning, he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness but have the light of life. And I've just got two main points this morning. Firstly, I just wanted to look at darkness and light and how darkness does not equal light. They're very, very different. Secondly, I wanted to look at light and the fact that light equals life. So firstly, darkness and light. Have a little think about what you think the Bible might say about darkness. Often, or most of the time, when the Bible talks about darkness, it's often referring to um, wickedness, to evil, to turning away from God and really doing our own thing and following our own selfish ways and not God's best ways for us. And actually, we're all true of that. We're all guilty of that, aren't we? If we're really honest, it says in John 3:19, people love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. 
And in the Bible, it also says God created physical darkness. In Psalm 104, you made the moon to mark the seasons and the sun knows when to set. You send the darkness and it becomes night. Now, it doesn't mean that God creates darkness or wickedness. It doesn't doesn't mean God creates evil or wickedness. We, by choice, turn from God, don't we? But actually, what it does mean is that darkness isn't something outside of God's control. Very much the opposite. Now, if darkness in the Bible speaks of wickedness and evil, then light is the polar opposite of that. It talks about pureness, about God's goodness. It talks about God's holiness. And kids, we're going to touch on what that means in just a second. So in the same way that physical darkness is created by God, so is physical light. Genesis 1 says that God said, let there be light, and light was good. And it is. It's a good gift from God, isn't it? We need light for warmth, to grow food, to survive. We're really thankful for that gift. But actually, the light, eternal light that Jesus brings when he comes into the world is, is eternal, and it is a hope that is so much better than the physical light that he's given us. Now, in the Bible, in 1 Timothy 6, verse 16, it talks about God being holy. And it says, he is other than us. He dwells in unapproachable light. So God is holy. He's perfect. Kids, that means that he is so perfect and we are not. It means that he's separate to us. He shouldn't be, we shouldn't be able to come before him because he is so perfect and doesn't do anything wrong. And yet, actually, because of Jesus, we can approach God and come before him, not because we are good, but because Jesus is good and Jesus is light. So darkness and light are separate. You cannot have darkness where there is light. And Phil is going to help us demonstrate this morning. So he's going to drop the lights down for us. Thank you. But even with just a small torch, we can see wherever I shine my torch this morning, that the dark, as soon as the light hits it, darkness has vanished. It's dispelled by the light, isn't it? So light, thank you, Phil, light and dark cannot be together. So they can't exist at the same time. So actually, when we follow Jesus, we are never walking in darkness, even though it very much feels like we might be going through really dark things, because his promise is that we um, will not walk in darkness. Actually, we choose to follow him and we choose to walk in his light as well. So young people, kids here this morning, actually, just remember that, that actually we choose to be children that walk in the light. The Bible talks about us walking as children of the light because we will never walk in darkness and we will choose to separate them because actually when we choose to follow the light, we're following God's very best for us. The reason he calls us to follow him is that he has good plans for us. Actually, when we mix, try and mix a life of darkness and a life of light, um, life that does please him and doesn't, it just gets muddled, it gets messy, it ends up just being um, painful and actually long-term doesn't fulfill you. So let's choose to follow God's best for us and choose to follow living a life of light and a life of Jesus. So my second point this morning is that light does equal life. If it doesn't equal darkness, it does equal life. And going back to that verse we had in John 8, verse 12, he said, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but have the light of life. So we have life, and the Bible tells us that we live life to the full because of Jesus. So Jesus came to restore relationship with a holy, a perfect God, and allow us to come to relationship with him, to come before him, to know him, and to live with him. 
And actually, in Colossians 1, it says, All things are created through him and for him. So that's why you're here this morning. That's why you're going to work on a Monday morning, going to school or Zooming online, whatever that might be for you at the moment, because you are created to display the glory of God. So what does that look like for you to create, display the glory of God? I want you just to think about that, apply that to yourself. What does it look like, Pam, for you to be apply, for living life for the glory of God, for your life, Pauline, to display the glory of God each and every day? And actually, God has plans for each one of us, doesn't he? And he wants to use us to display his glory. We are part of that commission. Jesus tells us in chapter 5 of Matthew, in verse 14, that he says to his disciples, you are the light of the world, that we have a part to play. Not that we have light, not that we are light, but actually through the light that Jesus gives us, we can help people um, see Jesus. We can point people to Jesus through our words, through our actions, through what the hope that we have to share with them. That will change people's lives and change their hearts, especially in these dark times. So if we've got the light of life living within us, dwelling within us, how do we follow him? I just wanted to offer you two helpful, um, helpful tips that I would say um, based on verses about light in the Bible. And firstly, that's to walk, to walk alongside Jesus. When you go for a walk with somebody, if I was to go for a walk with someone, I would expect that we would go and walk to the same place. If I offered to meet someone for a walk and they went in a different direction, that wouldn't be um, particularly enjoyable because we wouldn't be able to spend any time together. So when I walk with that person, there's an expectation that we're going the same way. There's an expectation that they will be speaking, we'll be enjoying each other's company and time together. It says in Psalm 56, verse 13... Walk before God in the light of life. And again in Isaiah 45, verse 7, let us walk in the light of the Lord. Walk alongside God. Expect God to be with you when you need him and when you want to talk to him. Expect to um, enjoy his presence. Ask him into your life. Ask him to be in charge of your finances, your job, your school life, your home life, your kids, your um, any, whatever it might be, expect him to be involved in every area and ask him, walk alongside him, enjoy time with him, stand on the security that he brings you um, and enjoy being with him. Um, don't try and do things on your own, that's something that I've definitely talked to myself and say to myself, don't do it on your own but walk alongside Jesus each and every day and expect him to be involved in your life and ask him and enjoy that relationship with him. And secondly, in Isaiah 2 verse 5, it says, the unfolding of your word gives light. We know God's word has power to direct us, to guide us, to comfort us, to rebuke us when we need it. Trust the word of God and trust, especially in the darkness at the moment, to stand on those promises that God says are true about him, that God says are true about you in, um, and, what you um, and what he says over you, not what you think about yourself or what you think society is telling you to do at the moment. Trust the word of God um, over everything else. And through that, that doesn't mean that actually the darkness disappears completely because we know we're living actually, in, Anna was saying this morning, it's a really dark time for so many people. But actually God is always faithful and can always be trusted. 
John 1 verse 4 said, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So actually, though we live in dark times, darkness is not overcoming light. And actually, the life um, that is on offer this morning, I just wanted to point out, it says it's offered for all mankind. So actually, if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus. If you're watching this morning and you don't know Jesus, but you love the, the sound of this amazing offer that he has, this life of hope and life and light, even through darkness and difficult times, to be able to know joy even when things are really difficult and to know that, that you can trust your life into um, a, a perfect and good God's um, hands. Actually, we would love to talk to you about that. Um, you're welcome to, if you're here, stay in your chair at the end of church and we will come and pray for you if not and you're um, at home contact our church office I work in the office so I'd love to have a phone call or an email from you um, and share more about the um, the stories that we've got of times where Jesus has just brought real light and truth and hope into our lives and transformed our lives forever um, light dawns in the darkness it says for the upright so actually it's that Psalm 112 verse 4 so God guides us and he makes our paths clear. Now he promises that light will dawn through darkness. And we've already seen that light dispels darkness. It casts out darkness. And sometimes on our own, we can think, actually, we haven't got much to offer. Our light isn't very effective. When you're here at church, it's really easy to look at the person not next to you because no one is there, but across the room from you and think, well, you know, they're so good at that. I haven't really got much to bring to the table, but actually God has given each of us giftings. God has given us, each of us, the truth of the gospel. And actually, kids, if you want to have a look, you might need to look under your chairs, you might need to look under mum and dad's chairs, but if the seating plan has gone to plan, you should find an envelope somewhere. Mark also has got them because I thought he'd feel really left out and he's basically a big kid. Have a look open your envelopes and if see if you can figure out you should know what to do with them because they're so much fun we're going to use them just to make a point that actually nothing neo have yours fallen down i put yours there myself yesterday oh my goodness there's some in the office if you want to run in the office you can find some glow sticks <laughs> or sam might give you one they're gone oh my goodness look mark's offering to share oh mark that's so kind Throw them over. Oh, wow. That's, that's the problem for doing it too early, isn't it? Have a look. Has everybody got their envelopes open? Tom might have some extras, actually. He might share. There we go. Open your envelopes. We'll snap them and we'll see. So actually, we might feel like we've got very little to bring to the table, but we have the truth of the gospel. Oh, look. Tom's been really sharing. And I don't know if you were at the prayer meeting on Monday or if you, like me, were just live streaming at home and couldn't come. But actually, Beth brought an amazing word um, based on that picture. She said, God just pointed out the um, jewels in it and said, actually, thank you. That was so clever. That we should be like a stars um, directing people to Jesus. Actually, we just have stars that point people to Jesus. And actually, on our own, we might feel slightly helpless. But when we've got the truth of the gospel and the lights are all out and it's pitch black, Look how darkly, if you've got your glow sticks, can you just hold them up in the air so everyone can see just how brightly they shine? There you go. Look how bright they are in the darkness. And Oh, thank you, Kurt. <laughs> Shall we give them a round of applause? 
When you are at school and you're surrounded by your non-Christian friends, when you're in the workplace, you might be in Tesco, you might be on the school gate, wherever you are actually, we're surrounded by people living in darkness who are lonely and lost and broken. And actually we feel all those things, we feel lonely and lost. We are grieving um, not being able to see family and friends. You might be um, sad about a job that has gone... uh, Um, you've lost finances, you might have lost somebody in the year. We are really sad and grieving, many of us, but actually we know an eternal hope and we know that Jesus in our life bringing us comfort, whereas there are so many people that don't know that, that, but we can bring that hope to people. Um, And so, yeah, those glow sticks, if you take them home, to keep them just to remember that um, promise over you. And just to sum up this morning as well, I wanted to remind us that this isn't it. That one day Jesus will be the light of the whole world. There will be no darkness. And actually, this is a temporary time. This coronavirus is temporary, but our lives here are temporary. There is something far better. In Revelation 22, verse 5, it tells us one day that Jesus will be the light of the whole world and darkness will be cast out. It says that the Lord God will be their light and we won't even need the sunlight. Um, I think that's amazing. Um, there was this beautiful quote I read from Spurgeon the other day, which is, the light within is the adorn of the eternal day. And actually the light that Jesus puts in us, the hope within us as we walk around and we walk alongside him each day is a reminder to us that this isn't it that we have an eternal home, we have an eternal future. It's secured by the light that Jesus brought into the world when he came to earth as a baby. And he lived a a perfect life. He lived a life walking in light and then died, taking on all of our darkness. He descended down into darkness. He defeated it for us for all time. He gave us life that is for the now, but also for eternity. And one day, he will be the light of the whole world. So I'm just going to ask Nern and ask the rest of the band to come up now. Um, I had a word for, I think it was for somebody specifically here, it might be for a couple of people, um, while I was preparing. Um, If this is you, just take hold of this and and, um, really just think about how this applies. And actually, it was another quote I read, which was, he never loses sight of the treasure he has placed in our earthen vessels. And actually, it was just a word here for somebody who who just feels really broken. You feel like a broken vessel. You feel like you've got nothing to offer and actually feel very hopeless. And God just wants to remind you. Sometimes you lose sight of the treasure we have in ourselves. And just a reminder that actually God has placed a treasure inside of you. And he is using that. He wants to use that and he will use that. And the way he sees you is very different to how you see yourself. He sees you as infinitely valuable. um, Enough that he would die for you and that you are of great value and great worth to him. And so he just wanted to remind you of that this morning. But I'm just going to ask uh, Nern and the rest of the band now just to lead us in a, um, a song just to respond. So you might want to stand, you might prefer to sit. But let's just engage and thank Jesus for the truth that he is the light of the world and actually the darkness will not overcome it. <laughs>